more. Hey there, I'm Christine, and I'm so excited to welcome you to the Equip and Empower podcast. Now, my prayer is that our time together each week encourages you, awakens you to the purposes of God in your life, and activates you to follow Jesus wholeheartedly as you live on mission for Him. grateful that you've joined me today. I know that you've not tuned in by accident, that this is the divine timing, plan and purpose of God for your life. And the Apostle Paul in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 to 27, he says, in a race, everyone runs, but that God wants us to run to win. And we have been learning that the race that we are running here on earth is not some kind of sprint, but it's a marathon. And so we have to approach our life here on earth like a marathon because man, if you just want to sprint and I think everything in society is geared to make us think, come on, you've got to be a shooting star. You've got to be an overnight success. And it actually sets us up for failure. We wonder why we run out of steam because in life, challenges come. In life, obstacles come. In life, hurdles come. In life, disappointments come. Betrayals come. Failures come. Mistakes come. That's all part of this thing called life. And our faith in Jesus doesn't exempt us from life, but Jesus in us, the hope of glory, the Spirit of God that lives on the inside of us can help us to overcome any obstacle, any hurdle, to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He is with us in the midst of our trials. He's with us in the midst of our pain. He will bring us through to the other side. He gives us the strength to be able to run our race and finish our course. But if we do not have a mindset that says, man, this is not just a momentary sprint, then we're going to be very disappointed in life. Because the fact of the matter is that if we spend all our life comparing ourselves with somebody else's life or, or we spend our life at 20 regretting or, or just lamenting the fact that we're not where we're going to be at 80, we are not going to live the life that God has put us on this earth to live. God has put us on this earth to run our race and to finish our course. Not somebody else's race, but our race. Not somebody else's course, but our course. And there is grace for our race. There is a pace for our race. And we've been looking at how in the natural, a marathon runner presents for a marathon. And how do they prepare for a marathon race? Because they don't just turn up and go, hey, I'm going to run a marathon today. There are very few people that do that. Most of the marathon runners have a lot of preparation time before they ever, ever take that starting line. And so the first thing we learned was that they have a vision for the whole race. They expect that they will be tired. They expect there will be challenges. They expect that there will be obstacles. They see the race before it ever happens. And today I want us to have kind of like a a vision shift from where we think our life is a sprint and then we get frustrated because we don't become overnight successes and we begin to understand it's a marathon, that God is working out our life over the course of our life, that we walk in alignment with our purpose and our destiny, but it will take all of our life to run our race and finish our course. And so we have to have a vision that the fact is I'm in this, I'm following Jesus and it's for all of my life until I step into eternity. It doesn't end anywhere this side of planet earth. And then we've got to be committed to the preparation and that commitment is very, very important. And I think if we don't understand that 
following Jesus is not just kind of like some sort of thing that we just think, you know what, I, it sounds really good. I'm, I'm gonna follow this God because He's just gonna give me a better life and He's just gonna give me an easy life. You're not gonna find that anywhere in Scripture. Jesus, in fact, gives us a great challenge. And the ultimate Scripture, obviously, on discipleship in the book of Mark, Jesus says, unless we are willing to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow Him, then, then we, we will not be able to fulfil our purpose or our destiny. There is a commitment. So we have to be committed to the preparation process that it takes to build the strength and to build the courage and to build the tenacity and the character and the resilience that it's going to take to run our race and finish our course. I want to go to a scripture in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 21. I want you to have a look at this. And it's right at the point when Elisha is called. So the Bible says, and we're looking at Elijah and he is going to now go and find Elisha. In verse 19, it says, So he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was ploughing with 12 yoke of oxen in front of him. And he was with the 12th. Elijah passed by him and cast his cloak upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will go and follow you. And he said to him, Go back, for what have I done to you? And he returned from following him and took the yoke of oxen and sacrificed them and boiled their flesh with the yokes of the oxen and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he arose and went after Elijah and assisted him. So the Bible says that Elisha arose and and in another translation we read, he followed Elijah and became his servant. Can, Can you even believe that? Instead of simply taking Elijah's mantle and saying, you're done now, the Bible says that Elisha had a preparation time and that preparation time lasted years. In fact, he had to burn everything. He burnt his plows, everything. There was no turning back. There was no plan B. There was no back door. Just in case this doesn't work, I'm going to do that. He was all in. And Jesus calls us to an all in Christianity. So during the years that Elisha followed Elijah, he simply served. And in that time, God was preparing him the whole time for what He had prepared for him. But even Elisha the prophet could not bypass the preparation process. None of us can. So this meant that Elisha was at the right place at the right time when promotion time came. You see, it wasn't until 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 15 that we see that Elijah gave his mantle to Elisha. The Bible actually says that he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him. So if Elisha had not spent all of those years in preparation, serving Elijah, he would not have had the strength or the fortitude or the courage to be who he needed to be, to do what God needed him to do. So what happens is many of us, we want the mantle without the servant preparation time. And that is why we haven't stepped into the fullness of our calling. It's in that preparation time that we build muscle and strength that we are going to need to do what God's called us to do. See, what you do in your preparation time will determine your destiny. The degree of your commitment to preparation will determine how much of your race you run and finish. Now, I go way back. If I did not serve in our local community youth centre, a local youth centre way back in 1990, then I would not have built the necessary muscle and character and skills that I needed 
to be appointed the director of Youth Alive in New South Wales, our, our denomination state youth movement. Well, if I didn't do that for seven years, going out to country towns all around Australia, speaking to youth ministries with, with 20 young people or 15 young people and, and speaking in schools for session after session after session, then I would never have built the muscle, the character, the strength to be able to do what I'm doing today. I would never have been prepared to be able to oversee A21 and, and found a global anti-trafficking organisation if I hadn't built the skills and the muscles building a local community-based youth centre. If I hadn't built the skills and the muscles of preaching and teaching and studying and preparing and learning. When I had 20 kids in a youth group, I wouldn't be doing Propel Women all over the earth today or I wouldn't have a television teaching ministry. I look back now and I think every single stage of the preparation process was necessary for me to run to the next leg of my course. I didn't even know what it was that God had for me. But at all times, God was preparing me for the things that He had prepared for me. He was teaching me how to overcome discouragement, how to overcome disappointment, how to overcome disillusionment, how to get through betrayal, how to get through failures and mistakes and get back up and keep trusting Him, how to find His presence in the midst of suffering and pain and hurting and grief. Every part of the process was a preparation for the next part. So don't get sucked into the spirit of this age, which makes us think that somehow a well-curated post on a social media feed will in any way have the same value as a preparation process in anonymity and obscurity with Jesus. You see, we see this principle throughout all of Scripture. We see that Joshua faithfully served Moses and was committed to the preparation process. I love the verse. One of my favourite verses in Scripture is Exodus 33, 11, When the Lord spoke face to face, He'd spoken face to face with Moses in the tabernacle. And then the Bible says that, that Moses was going to return to the camp. And I love this. It says, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man did not depart from the tabernacle. I love it. It says in the King James, he, he lingered at the tabernacle. I just have to say that that was a preparation time. He's like, you know, Moses is going to go to the people. This is not my time. I'm going to linger in the presence of God. I'm going to linger at the tabernacle. I think so much of my life has been while everyone else has run ahead. I'm just like lingering. I'm lingering and knowing, God, I want you to prepare me so that when you send me to the next phase, I'm prepared that I have the character, I have the strength, I have the skills, I have the knowledge to the best of my ability to be who I need to be so I can keep running that leg of my race. You know, this commitment to preparation that Joshua had way back then, we see in the book of Deuteronomy, it says, Then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all of Israel, be strong and of good courage, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers. You shall cause them to inherit it. So basically in that moment, Moses says to Joshua, tag, you're it. Tag, God chose you. All of these years of serving, all of these years of walking with me, all of these years of learning the why I do what I do, all of these years of being with me in the tabernacle, tag, you're it, Joshua. This is now your opportunity. All of the years that Joshua had spent serving Moses, 
learning from Moses, they were actually preparing him to take the people of God into the promised land. You know, it may have seemed to other people like he was wasting his time, like he was lingering in the temple and just running errands for Moses. But the whole time, God was preparing him for what he had prepared for him. I'm here to remind you today, don't ever think that your preparation time is a waste of time. God has not forgotten you. God has not forsaken you. God has not overlooked you. The preparation time is never, never a waste of time. You see, we're always in one season of our marathon race, but God's always preparing us for the next season. If we understand that we are being prepared for what He has already prepared, then we're going to stay faithful where we are right now. We're not going to jump ship where we are right now. We're not going to allow disappointment or discouragement or disillusionment or other things to take us out. We are not going to despair when we get to a place of obstacles or challenges or trials or sufferings. We're going to trust that the same God that was with us in the fun part of the marathon race is the same God that's with us in the difficult part of the marathon race, is the same God that's going to get us through this part into the next season of the marathon race. I want you to know that your God is with you in all of the race. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He's with you in every aspect of the race. You know, Again, in all of this research about marathon runners that I did, I I discovered that a marathon runner endures discomfort or pain. That is one of the qualities of how marathon runners actually prepare and run the race that is before them. My my Canadian friend, Mike, uh, the marathon runner, he says that he puts up with aching joints, sore muscles and really powerful cramps and sore feet and a sore back. Why? Because he's so motivated to finishing the race. He said that, I remember he said to me, Chris, it's just a part of running in the marathon. If you want to finish the race, you have to press past the pain barrier. You have to go beyond the inevitable wall that you're going to hit and endure the discomfort. It's just the way that it is. I remember he just said, Christine, it's just the way that it is. And I'm like, you know, I knew there was a reason. I don't run marathons, but to reach the goal of finishing the 26.3 miles and experience the thrill of crossing that finish line, you've got to pay the price of pain and discomfort. Now, remember in in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, it's so fascinating to me because what happened was that Paul, in fact, he wanted to finish the course that was set before him. So he wrote, this is what I do. He goes, I discipline my body. Now, hang on, I've got to I turn there because I've, I've gone back. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He goes, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So, so run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. Here it is. But I discipline my body and I keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. I discipline my body. I discipline my body. So what happened was Paul endured discomfort. Discipline is a great discomfort at times. It means I'm just not going to go and do whatever I want to do. Because I don't want to preach to others and then find myself disqualified from the prize. So that means I'm going to endure discomfort. That means I'm going to discipline my body. You know, Jesus Himself, the Bible says, endured incredible pain 
so that you and I can run our race and finish our course. I love in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, of course, the writer to the Hebrews is writing about being surrounded by by so great a cloud of witnesses. And the writer to the Hebrews goes on, he says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside the weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And here is how, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And so Jesus endured the cross and endured the pain and endured the discomfort. It's interesting to me, if you saw the passion of the Christ, you saw the brutal, brutal pain. But what Jesus did was Jesus saw beyond the pain to the eternal life that you and I would have access to. If Jesus had to endure pain, I wonder why we would ever think as His followers that we would not have to. We're following Jesus. Christianity is not built on the pillars of comfort and convenience. The truth is that to run our race and to finish our course, there will be times of pain. There will be times of discomfort. There will be times of suffering. The key is that we have to determine to endure whatever season we are in so that we can keep running our race and finish our course. I wish I could tell you that life was just gonna be a fun bed of roses, but it's not. Life is tough, life is hard. There are challenges, there are obstacles, there are hurdles, there are disappointments, there are betrayals, there is discouragement, there is disillusionment. There are so many things that make us want to quit, but we are in a fight of faith. We are running a race. It's a marathon and not a sprint. So we will have need of endurance. And the way we endure is by fixing our eyes on Jesus, by being willing, by being willing, to embrace some discomfort, by being willing to embrace some of the pain and going, you know what? This is just how it is. My friend Mike said, Chris, if I wanna run a marathon, I'm just gonna have some aching joints. I'm just gonna have some sore muscles. It is not always gonna be great. Now listen, if a marathon runner or a bike rider or any athlete in any sport, if they are willing to endure physical discomfort so that they can finish their race or, or so that they can you know, kick a goal or finish their course, why would we think in an eternal spiritual battle, there would not be a fight. There would not be discomfort. There would not be loss or grief or pain or suffering. It's part of the human condition. The testimony of the Christian is that Jesus Christ, through the power of His Holy Spirit, gives us strength in the midst of trials and sufferings. He promises to be with us in it. He promises to get us through it. So we've got to be willing to say, you know what? Christ in me, the hope of glory, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of me. Therefore, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. I can do hard things because I have the Spirit of God on the inside of me that's going to give me the strength to get through this. We also have to remember that a marathon runner maintains their daily disciplines. This is a huge one. Day in and day out, marathon runners, they're just disciplined people. I mean, have you ever seen an undisciplined marathon runner? 
They train whatever the weather conditions are. It was, it was pouring rain near my house a few weeks ago and I'm driving. I did not even want to be in the car. There was so much wind. There was so much rain and I'm driving and I'm seeing a whole pack of runners do their prep out in the rain. I'm thinking, I don't even want to be in the comfort of my car in these weather conditions and yet they are running. So whatever else they have going on in their day, whatever the weather conditions are, marathon runners are committed to their training and they prioritise their daily disciplines. That's it. My friend Mikey, he lives in Alberta, Canada. And during their freezing winter, have you seen Alberta, Canada during the freezing winter? Now look, I'm from Australia and I love the heat. And Alberta, Canada, that kind of snow, that kind of freezing winter, that does not thrill me. But my friend Mike would get up and he would leave, literally leave his house for his run at 3.30 a.m. because he needed to fit in a two and a half hour run before work because he still had to work. He still had to be a dad. He still had to fulfill all of his commitment. Imagine in the freezing cold Alberta, Canada snow going for a two and a half hour run at 3.30 in the morning. I know that what I've just done now is confirmed for many of you that you will never be running a marathon in your whole life. But you know what? In our spiritual life, sometimes it's just like that. Sometimes I'm telling you, it's just like I'm getting up at 3.30 because I've got to press through and there are some disciplines that I have to do. Now that to me is discipline. Mike said that what he does off the track determines how well he does in the race. I don't want you to miss that. What he does off the track, behind the scenes, determines how well he's going to go in the race. He's extremely conscious of what he eats, what he drinks, how long he sleeps for, the kind of things he's listening to, the kinds of things that he watches. It all matters. I remember him saying, Chris, every bit of it matters because it all impacts my performance. Can you imagine if you and I took more seriously every bit of input that we took in, if we said, you know what, this, this impacts my spiritual performance. I, I wanna be on my A game for Jesus. So I am gonna think about things, whatever is pure, whatever is noble, whatever is of a good report. I'm gonna think about those things. I'm gonna allow my words to be edifying and encouraging and speak life to people. I'm gonna be very careful about what kind of inputs I have, what kind of social media inputs I have, what kind of media inputs I have. I'm really gonna be careful about the things that I, I think about and, and, and the things that I listen to. I'm gonna be careful about what I put in my spirit and I want things that are going to build up my faith. The Apostle Paul says, build yourself up in your most holy faith. Sometimes we don't even think about what we're thinking about. We don't even think about what we're watching. We don't even think about what we're listening to. And so much of our, the spiritual vitality in our life could rapidly increase and go up a few notches if we just thought about the things we think about, the things we talk about, the things we listen to, the things that we watch and make a decision. I'm going to fill myself with things that are going to build me up in my inner man because everything behind the scenes impacts how I run my race and how I finish my course. It impacts my mood. It impacts how I show up. It impacts how I show up at work, how I 
I show up for my family, how I show up to the world around me. And I want to be a woman of God that produces the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit of God. I want to be full of love. I want to be full of joy. I want to be full of peace. I want to be full of long suffering. I want to be full of patience. I want to be full of self-control. I want to be full of goodness and I want to be full of kindness. So what I put in determines what comes out. So I need to think about what I'm thinking about. I need to think about what I'm listening to. I need to think about what I'm talking about so that I can produce the fruit of the Spirit of God when I show up for this race every day of my life. Hey, thanks for listening. We really hope today's message has encouraged you. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. For links and more, you can go to christinecain.com. We'll see you next time.